to episode two of Gaia and Sarah Save the World. I'm Sarah. I'm Gaia. And we're saving shit. You're welcome. So today, we're going to talk about social media. We could talk about social media for probably 13 years, um, but we're going to try to minimize it to the things that we think are most important. Our lives have changed so much since there are so many social media platforms. Totally. Um, starting back with MySpace. Again. all about it. <laughs> um, MySpace was great um, when I was in high school, but we didn't have smartphones. Right. So it was limited to when you were home from school or home from work. Basically, for me at least, it was like something I did at nighttime. Yeah. And it's not something that you brought with you everywhere. So there was a lot of disconnect from it. Right. And maybe that's part of what made MySpace so special was because we like went home and got to do yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say it was almost like a place that you went. It was like yeah. an area of your house mm-hmm. that you went to to be on the internet away from it. And now like you see people at restaurants driving. You're at a red light and someone's not going because they're literally sitting on their phone on their Instagram doing stuff right. because they can't even do a 20 minute drive without right. being glued into their phone. So I just feel like what social media has morphed into with how many platforms and how tied to even our shopping experiences, our friendships, like promoting relationships, everything, it's just almost turned into this like massive like monster. (laughs) Monster. I do want to say that there are probably benefits to increased connectedness and there's lots of stuff about social media that's super cool. Yeah. And neither of us has made the choice to completely be off social media so you know we we each find some value in it but from now on we're just going to bash the shit out of it okay so yeah (laughs) there are positive things maybe we should acknowledge those first i can't think of any i can't (laughs) i'm Um, kidding met actually quite a few friends through social media. Yes. It kind of started with MySpace, but um, some of my closest friends today are through social media platforms. Like, I got tattooed by a social media friend. Yeah, did you go to Canada? Yeah, I went to Canada to get tattooed by my live journal friend. Oh my god, can yeah. we just cut the episode just talk it's about, live, about journal live journal the whole time? Now can we talk about our friendship development? We know each other journal? because of social media. Why did okay. I not even think of that? But we technically know each other because we went to the same high school, we, but it doesn't count. We met in <laughs> real life, and I think we had the same homeroom class one year. I thought we had chemistry. Or something. Which I failed. Didn't talk to each other yeah except on live journal okay so let's start with that years later we hung out in real life and we were like well i know everything about you hi so there's no point in even having to say anything i know everything what's up so in conclusion there's great things about social media (laughs) yeah um you can social media is also really good for um supporting like independent artists small businesses yeah i was gonna say i i use them at work and it's great for managing a business it's awesome it's a great way to connect with your clients and new clients Mm -hmm. and and keep in touch with people who have moved away that's a great thing yeah i think it's great for um all types of artists too like musicians getting their music out to people that yes maybe would have never heard it otherwise um models just i don't know it's just a great way to discover it it changed the barrier to entry of a lot of um industries which is cool and i feel like it's given um Extra, uh, extra, wow, extra, extra. extra. Uh, terrestrial. <laughs> it's given like extra paths towards supporting artists, yes, which I think is great because art is such a struggling, starving world. Totally, I think it's also good because it can expose you to totally different worldviews and totally different cultures and just help you almost travel without having to physically travel. Yes. Um, you can be exposed to different ideologies, but there's a whole horrible flip side to that as well. So we wanted to touch on some kind of stats about social media, which personally I think are really freaky. Very terrifying. So most people spend two hours a day using social media. And you have to think that that is averaged out of all age groups. So let's really narrow in on um, <laughs> so for younger people. So let's say like 15 to 25. That is more likely to actually be about four hours. Totally. So 
Um, keeping it just at two hours a day is supposed to amount to five years and four months of your life. Just looking on at your screen. screen, not living, scrolling, just it's wild because there's so many other ways that you could use that time. And I, so many people feel strapped for time all the time and don't time, time, time. Now we're going to cut out the word time. It's all, it's so easy to feel like you don't have enough time to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish, but you actually spent that time on your phone without even knowing it because it yeah. just adds up. Um, so that's a huge scary statistic and if you're one of those people I would put an app timer on your phone absolutely um I actually wasn't aware of how much time I was spending on social media until I took the apps off my phone for like three or four weeks um or no 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 wait I didn't take the apps off my phone I just logged out yeah and unconsciously I would pick up my phone to do something else and I would hit the button to open the app even though I had already accepted I'm not going to be doing it yeah so there wasn't even a conscious thought and I'd hit it and it would say log in I'd be like what am I doing doing right now (laughs) we do it so much that we just naturally do it without even thinking totally you open your phone you're probably not thinking I'm going to check Instagram you just flip and go to it one good tip that I now follow is to move the icons on your phone around because really? you're always in the habit of going to that same yeah, little shortcut. So I just move that. shit around all the time so you don't know where it is. And you have to actually think, do I have to dig through all my apps to find Instagram? No, I don't need to open Instagram. It's not that deep. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I, I think that using it in moderation is really good. Totally. And that's, that's the way that most things in life kind of are. Yes. Um, not doing things in extremes is healthier. Um, if you are one of those people that is using it two plus hours a day, just calculate at the end of the week how many hours that is. What is that? 14 hours? Mm-hmm. Simple math. Got it. It's 14, y'all. <laughs> um, think about what you could have done with 14 hours extra in your week. Yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, I'm all about waking up early, but a lot of people don't want to wake up early to get that extra hour in your day. You have that extra hour, not at 5 a.m., but just by not looking at your phone as much. Exactly. Studies are consistently finding that people who score higher on the narcissistic personality inventory questionnaire tend to have more friends on Facebook, tag themselves more often in photos, and update their statuses more frequently. This is something I have personally noticed. Um, I'm not on my MySpace. Wow! Wow! I'm not on Facebook, Facebook anymore, but when I was, I could see this. Like, yeah. people that I know like actually well in real life they were promoting themselves so differently online and it was multiple statuses a day everything had to be this like clever like fuck you type of statement Mm -hmm. so they just are looked at as like oh my god you're so funny uh your life and that's not even what their life is like they're just like screaming for attention yeah and this is something that narcissists use social media platforms for it's like a constant promotion of themselves they're like, reinforcing the created but false image they have of yeah. themselves. and it's so easy behind a screen because you can say anything you want you have the time to think of the perfect way right. to word things and this is something i actually see on all social media platforms people that i know actually are narcissistic promoting it but they're like marketing it in a way to people to where they seem like i'm just really confident but the words that they're using give away the truth right and it's just i don't know um i think it's scary that there kind of is platforms for people to have a bigger voice for this type of stuff but also just look for the signs people that are constantly um, maybe over exaggerating every micro accomplishment that they right. have every good deed they're posting right. about this is usually a red flag that something is not all up there yeah if they're amplifying themselves and talking themselves up as the only function of their social media i'm awesome because and then you know the posts that's scary look out <laughs> um <laughs> Another thing that's bad about social media is it actually can increase the amount of money you're spending. Um, There was a big study done on Facebook that Facebook users, uh, the more time you spend on Facebook, the more money you tended to spend with online shopping. 
I don't know for sure because I didn't read any other studies based on other platforms, but I do imagine that just spending time on apps that are filled with ads is going to tempt people to spend more money. I personally own some Instagram brands. Yep, me too. <laughs> um, because I, Instagram convinced me that I needed certain things. And it definitely works. Uh, it completely like, works. Their marketing strategy is I'm like, great. why would I get this exact same thing at the store when I have the exact, the one that I need is from Instagram. It's so convenient because you're scrolling, you long tap the photo, it takes you directly to buy it. It's genius. Like, completely. bravo to the businesses totally. doing it because it works. But I've also been guilty of this as well. Whenever I'm super tired about to go to bed, oh, I'm yeah. scrolling and I'm just like, wow, I need this $200 half sweatshirt bodysuit that's, you know, in euros, so it's even more expensive. Order. What am I doing? Right. Right. <laughs> you need this makeup. You need this luggage. You need this yeah. clothes. This clothes. This clothes. You this need cloth. This. <laughs> you need this cloth <laughs> to put it on your body. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's a thing. Um, it also really negatively affects uh, women's body image issues Completely. that we already have outside of these platforms. We have that with no influence at all. Um, <laughs> this kind of, I mean, there's so many starting points for where this comes from, but something really toxic in our society is that women body types become actual trends. Yeah. Like, almost like fashion, but it's literally body types. Right. Um, and this is such a bizarre thing that actually links back to misogyny, but we'll get yeah. into that at another point in time. Um, like, let's talk about some. There, the one that always comes to my head right away is the thigh gap. Thigh gaps were a huge, important thing. And I remember the first time my thighs touched each other, I cried. Yeah, I, re- I remember, like, I'd never heard of anything uh-huh. like a thigh gap. And I actually, I guess when I'm more underweight have that yeah I had one for most of my life until yeah. I was about 25 and I, I would have never actually looked at that part of my inner thighs and been like look at that small space this right. is so attractive look like it's me. fucking stupid right. it's a fucking space right it's um, an absence of something like, wow so hot yeah um love it I remember like it, it makes you like hyper focus on all these things that you may have not actually noticed about yourself before right. yeah and they don't matter at all thigh gaps don't fucking matter and i remember reading this study that i can't remember what the number was it was like it became like the second or third most common cosmetic surgery oh yeah when this was an internet hype totally that's how much we are influenced by the things that we see especially on instagram and now it's become so easy to facetune and edit your photos Mm -hmm. that as a normal person looking at Instagram, you can't tell whose body is real, whose face is real, you know, yeah. what proportions are real. So you are, whether you want to or not, creating unrealistic expectations. And there's another problem of people just not disclosing certain cosmetic work that they've had done. And which, you know, I'm like, people can be private. They don't have to disclose stuff. But if they're like outright lying and saying That's... they don't, that, you know, they didn't have anything done when it's pretty obvious that they did. That's yeah. very harmful and very toxic. And, like, right now, like, thigh gaps aren't even trendy no, anymore. they're gone. No, it's like, it's like it never actually it's, happened. It's, like, bigger thighs and, and big butts now that it's, are really it's, trendy. It's basically, like, being thick. But it's actually more extreme than that because it's an extreme hourglass. Right. So it's having really big boobs, micro-waist huge ass, huge thighs. And you know what? There are some women that naturally look like that, but I'd be willing to say that 80% of women, right. they don't look anything like that. And these impossible body standards, it's hard to say where they originated from. I think that it's a male fantasy thing that's unrealistic yeah. that we then think, oh my God, this is this is what men want and this is what we wanted. This is how I want to look. Right. And so we then think, oh my God, I need to get cosmetic surgery to look like this or whatever. You can grow certain areas of your body through totally. working out. Totally. Um, Absolutely. But what's not advertised is that it takes years to do it. And and there's a lot of women who are, you know, totally honest about what their bodies 
looked used to look like versus what yeah. they look like now and what it took to get them there, whether it was being in the gym two hours a day for two years straight or five years straight even sometimes or whether it was surgery. But there's a lot of people who aren't honest, honest about that who are using apps to alter their photos and represent that as their real body and or their real, you know, their real skin even. Like just yeah. all kinds of stuff. And I get so on the fence about this stuff though. I kind of go back and forth because with Photoshop and stuff for modeling, that's been like the standard. Totally. Like you put out an image that's supposed to be perfect. Right. So like small like imperfections are taken out. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people go a little bit further with it. And honestly, I think it's really obvious. Like when you look at someone's photo and like it is cut in at their waist, yeah. like, like sharp, no one's body is cut sharp right. like that. Right. Then it becomes more obvious. And I feel like things can be edited to have a more dramatic or artistic feel right. to them and it can make sense. But I feel like younger people are looking I think at other it's people. almost like the the tendency for people now to edit even, you know, here's a photo of them and their friends, you know, they're just like hanging out and they're still like editing that. Yeah. It's like once they've set a certain standard of what their body is supposed to look like, they're making it look like it, it looks like that all the time. Yes. Whereas when it's just like you're modeling photos and it, and you're like, this is, you know, an editorial artistic piece versus here's what I look like in real life. That's a totally different thing where it's yeah. easier for people to kind of distinguish that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it depends on how we're using it and to what degree because I think totally. a lot of young women don't actually know right. that some people are manipulating the photos and they're thinking, why doesn't my skin look like that? Mm -hmm. Why doesn't my body look like that? But something outside of editing is, just please believe me on this, a lot of it is angles and lighting. It's, it's 100%. Yeah. I can take photos of me that make my ass look like fucking Texas. And I can take photos of me that make it look like it doesn't exist. Yeah. It really is angles and lighting and people are posting the more favorable thing right. on Instagram. So you just, when viewing photos of women on Instagram, just remember that it is controlled content. Yes. And try, and it's really difficult, but just do your best not to compare yourself yes. to anybody else. Yeah. That's something that I think we all do. <laughs> totally. And it's so terrible because you can, you drag, you drag yourself. Yes. <laughs> and over things that don't matter. Like, oh, well, my thighs aren't as big as hers. And right. that's currently what's really hot. Who fucking cares? Like, I think part of Ten the years reason, from now, it's going to be different ex again. Exactly. It's going to be something completely opposite. Right. But I think that women get so stuck on this like being sexually appealing thing because they want to attract a partner. Yes. And the thing is, if you're looking for actual love, like real love, it doesn't fucking matter what the size of your thighs are. It has nothing to do with it. So that's not going to keep you from finding anything. Right, right. And for more in-depth uh, look at all of that, not just with social media, but just with magazines and just the way women are presented in movies and all of that, there's a great book called The Beauty Myth, which is infuriating. Like, the whole time you listen to it, you'll just get so mad. Love <laughs> but that. But it's really good. <laughs> Love being angry. Yeah. <laughs> angry all the time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a whole episode unto itself about oh, yeah, we'll how there. unfair being a woman is. <laughs> but Yeah, our um, beauty standards are off the screen. That's how high it is. It's fucked. And they're being compared to beauty standards that are... You can't see my arm, but it's down on the floor. Off the screen the other way. Actually, that's your dog. We're going to move into the social media effect on our mental health. Basically, just... Just don't look at social media or else you'll be sad. <laughs> you probably found this through social media. Um, we don't really have a choice. That's the only way to reach people. That's it. Uh, social media can lead to increased loneliness and depression. Yeah. Um, the depression comes from body image issues. Looking at people posting like they're having the time of their life. They're happy 24-7. Right. People making their relationships out to be these like hyper-romantic fairy tales when they're really only disclosing like this much of like what's actually going on. Or even going into debt over the things you're buying because you want your life to be more like someone yeah. else's. Or I've read a lot of articles about influencers going into debt because they have to oh. maintain a certain lifestyle in order to keep their following and keep people interested in them. I'm like dying to go off and talk about this. Oh boy. Okay. 
Something that I get questions about on my personal Instagram is people asking, how do you grow a following? I want to be an influencer. Yeah. I want to be an alt model. And so I'll just try to really summarize this to not talk about it for an hour. <laughs> um, people think that being like a model or an influencer is like this super desirable, like amazing life because they see photos of it looking amazing. Right. Um to be completely realistic about it, unless you are a like top, top, top tier influencer, like I think I don't I hope I'm not wrong. One of like the Jenners or the Kardashians was involved with that fire festival and got paid like oh two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That documentary to post about it. That's what being a top tier influencer is, is basically you are being paid to advertise something because right. you have a following. Being an influencer or a Instagram model really doesn't equate to having a massive income right. 90% of the time. It may look that way on the outside because you see them in locations or wearing clothing or makeup. These things may be comped or free, but it doesn't equate to an actual income right. that is massive. Every once in a while it does, but it's very, very uncommon. Totally. And a lot of the people you see whose job is to be an influencer actually started with wealth and yes. were able to afford that lifestyle in the first place. Yeah. And it, it's not the other way around. I mean, you could be one of those people that gets, you know, lucky and gets some big deals, but if you think that you are realistically going to live as an Instagram model or influencer, you are probably wrong. Now, having a side hustle is always a great thing. And always. totally do that. It's I recommend that to everybody, no matter what amount of money you're making. You should always have more than one stream of income. Exactly. But, um, you're probably not going... Again, it's like a get-rich-quick thing. People expect it to be. It's a quick fix. There's not a quick fix. You're there not, isn't one. You're not going to be a you know, $150,000 a year influencer in six months or a year, likely. Right. Um, if you want to do it as like a side thing, do it. It will bring more income in. It's definitely brought me some income, but it's not to where I'm like fucking bawling and living <laughs> off of it. That's impossible. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times because we see very limited posts from influencers, we tend to think that they live this very like lavish right. lifestyle. And most of the time they don't. Most of the time it just equates out to having a normal paying job. Totally. I saw, um, maybe it was in the Fire Festival documentary, you can pay by the hour to rent a private jet to just sit yep. in it and make it look like you have a private jet. Like yep. there's all these ways that people manufacture and, and fabricate the lifestyle to maintain their influencer status. Yeah, so I'm gonna kind of segue into one more thing about yeah. that. So this isn't exactly being an influencer, but it's kind of related in the world of like Instagram model stuff. I see a lot of young girls that want to be um, alternative models and that's totally fine but I think that you should go into it with realistic expectations yeah most even well-known like very well-known um, alternative models have like five hustles going on right modeling is only one of them so I think a lot of girls are under this impression that they're just gonna blow up and be these alternative models on Instagram and that's it right but there is not a lot of money in alternative modeling and you usually have to have multiple other things going on. Yes. So it's not to discourage anyone from wanting to do it, but just be realistic with it. It's not going to be you living in like a mansion because you do alternative photo shoots. Don't put all your something in a basket. Can't say eggs. It's a dumb non-vegan analogy. We don't like that. Is that what, the, what it is? Yeah, it's something eggs in a basket. Fucking lame. I hate it. But don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Social media also affects mental health because it's a huge distraction. And um, addiction. So it's actually better to save your social media time to one long chunk during a scheduled time of day. Like either do yep. it a couple hours before you go to bed or do it on your lunch break or something. But just do it all at once and then either take the app off your phone or log back out of it or... Um, disable it using app timers because if you're constantly checking it all throughout the day it's all these micro distractions that are pulling your focus away it is a complete myth that humans can multitask we do oh not multitask. God. we actually task switch very quickly which makes you worse at every single task you're trying to do yep. you're just doing it all shittier so instead of being able to do anything at 
95 to 100%, you're doing everything at like 70%. You're just bad at everything yes. you're trying to do. And social media and just phones in general. It's overstimulating because we're seeing yes. so many people, so many activities, so many lives, so many products marketed towards us. It's just so much that our brains this actually can't talking, handle You it. got this email. Don't forget that you got these notifications on this app that you have to clear out. Turn, excuse me, turn notifications off. Notifications are off. I have no, I have my notifications turned off for all of my social media. Me too. Apps. I don't see anything. Same. Until I actually open the app. Yep. And I it gives me like anxiety to think back to like when I didn't have it set that way, and it would just be like imagine. constant, constant all yeah. day. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and with that, we could talk about. Um, opening your apps and seeing those notifications and comments and likes and all this actually gives your brain a dopamine hit. So it's yep. just the same as gambling. So social media is literally addictive and you have to be careful about those notifications. Yes, um, you do. Especially so young people. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's another reason it's better to just limit your time to more of a chunk because then you just see all the notifications one time instead of multiple times throughout the day. Seeing them... And things are more addictive if it's a randomized reward. So sometimes there's a lot of notifications, sometimes there's none, sometimes there's only a few. That's actually more uh, addictive for you. That's why slot machines are so popular, even though nobody wins on slot machines. I just have never understood the appeal of the slot machines. Like I don't understand the appeal of gambling at all. I'm like in Vegas, like eh. I liked it like the first couple times I went. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, but I actually won some money. But slot machines, it's just. I don't, just like doing I don't get this. it. Yeah. It's not exciting to no. me. Same. But that's essentially what your phone is. It's a pocket slot machine. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. um, um, so yeah, productivity takes a huge hit because of social media. Social media can also have benefits for productivity. Like if you're having fun at work, then that boosts productivity. Yeah. But again, just constant distractions, ugh, not not good especially when people are even away from work like things like when they're hanging out with their friends or their significant other or their family whatever right. the scenario is i hate when i'm like out at a movie or a restaurant and i i've seen this is the worst for me this is the absolute fucking worst when you enter a restaurant and you see a couple that is clearly there on like a date they're order? not even saying a fucking word like can i break you guys up yep just get off your fucking phone. Look at each other. What's the point? It's just so stupid. They, it's not even probably a conscious thought. It's that they're so addicted to being in their totally. phones that they're just, they're like, it's like breathing at that point. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I just, anytime I see that, I want to be like, go to the table and be like, hey guys, <laughs> want to talk about breaking up? Because this is sad. <laughs> And of course, you can't know their life. Maybe they've been talking all day. Yeah. And Who knows? Maybe zoning out. Maybe I'm crazy. You just want to break them up. Probably they should just break up. Probably <laughs> break up. Your phone in general and social media addiction is just something that exacerbates this. It makes you sleep like shit. You shouldn't look at your phone, especially before you go to bed. Yes. Because blue light one makes you go blind. Yep. Two makes your body not produce melatonin. Did I make yes. that up? No, yeah, no, you're correct. <laughs> you're correct. That's why I switch my uh, blue light filter on 24 hours a day. Now. I, I do that too. Even yeah. though it makes your phone Yellow. uglier, it's less appealing to look at. But um, blue light is really bad for your eyes, and it makes it so hard to sleep. So it's recommended to limit screen time before bed to like an hour before you go to sleep you got to stop looking yep. at your phone that's and what i do don't keep your phone in your bed keep it somewhere else um if you use your phone as your alarm clock stop get a different one i'm so okay i've gotten so much better like i still sleep with my phone in my bed yeah but i switch it into do not disturb that's, about an hour and a half two hours before bed that's what i do too. and i stop looking at social media my reasoning for doing that actually isn't the right one like we're talking about it was that for whatever reason, whoever I look at on social media within an hour going to sleep, I dream about. And it would happen. That's rude. It would happen every, <laughs> Get out of my dream. every 
every <laughs> single night I would just scroll some by someone I barely even know yeah. and bam, they're in my dream. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I am really sick of dreaming about these people. Yeah. That's how I started cutting it back yeah. before bed. But wow. for health reasons, you should do it too. Totally. Well, I stopped before bed because that's when I'm like the worst. I think it's because really? I'm worn down and tired from the day. So my ability to just like cut it off and say no mm-hmm. is at its absolute lowest. So I will just be scrolling and then I'm like, shit, it's been two hours. Where did my <laughs> life just go? Yeah. Um, so I, I really like to turn off the social media before I go to bed. Yeah. Um, and again, I do notice a huge difference in the way I sleep when I stop looking at my phone. Social media and infidelity. Yes. Um, so without us even having to fully go into it, I'm sure you can imagine that with having all these new platforms of being hyper-connected to everyone that we've ever known, um, people that we don't know, um, that it's definitely increased cheating. Totally. Um, I forgot to write down the exact study for this one, but divorce papers in like the last, I'd say, I think it said like eight years, almost all of them include social media. That's crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because... I guess it depends on what type of relationship you're in, but most people are in monogamous relationships. Um, there's just something about social media where these like microaggressions, where people are like looking over them and thinking that they're not a real thing. Um, the best example I can give you um, is, okay, say you were with your significant other and you're walking through the mall. Yeah. And someone really attractive walks by. You notice that person and you register in your head that that person is attractive, but that's where it starts and that's where it ends. Right. Whereas social media, when you are finding someone attractive, you hit the like button, which publicly lets everyone else know, plus that person know, hey, I like you. Right. It's different when it's a very human thing in your head that you don't have any control over versus making a public statement out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where it kind of blurs the line into exclusivity and boundaries. Yes. And it can spiral out of control and it can, I think it feels innocent at first to people and then they just bend the rules a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then it goes from liking photos to talking in direct messages when, you know, there is a a level of emotional exclusivity you're supposed to have with your partner because what leads into cheating is it two people just decide we're going to fuck right now. <laughs> this is it. It's, it's that connection that forms usually through yes. um, just talking in general. Yes. Because people always like, they wonder, how did I end up in this position to where I'm having an affair? Well, it started with creating some kind of an emotional bond. I remember reading, and I'm pretty sure it's true, that it's extremely common for affairs to happen um, with coworkers. Because they spend so much time around each other, yes. and it's like the grass is always greener effect, where mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, my marriage is fine, like nothing's really wrong with it, but I really like this person, and they're paying more attention to me than my husband or my wife, who's really busy, and then affairs in the workplace start because of that. And social media makes it really easy to create that same effect, where you start spending more and more time with somebody else in the form of messaging them and interacting with them on social media and then emotional affairs start that way and then they can lead into something else it's also really hard because um back in the day uh, (laughs) even like before like our time when people would break up there would be a level of separation that was there yep but with social media it's so easy to stay tied to like people from our past Totally. That it's not giving you um, like a healthy environment to have that separation. So there can be like inappropriate conversations that just start happening yep. with people of your past, whether you initiate it or they initiate it with you. Um, it's that connectedness. Um, so it's really important to not, um, what would the right word be, disregard things as, oh, it's just social media or it's just this. That's an excuse. Yep. Because when you're in a relationship, um, it's about commitment, boundaries, and exclusivity. 100%. And trust. Yes. Um, if you are ever liking or messaging a person and 
you know that if your significant other saw what you were doing, it would lead to a fight or be a problem. Don't do it. <laughs> that is a huge red flag. Yeah. You are doing something wrong. If you ever feel the need to hide your um, behavior, your messages, you are doing something wrong or else you wouldn't have the impulse to hide it. Right. So there's lots of terms that I remember reading about one of the studies that uh, we included here. Uh, we're going to include studies at the bottom of the notes underneath yeah. the video. Um, it's a term called breadcrumbing, yes. which I had never heard of, but after reading into it, we all know exactly what this is. Totally. Breadcrumbing is where you give little bits of attention, either consistently or inconsistently, to multiple people to keep them kind of tethered to you, whether it's a like or a it's heart like on a photo. a bunch of backup plan That's people. A, that is exactly what it is. And um, this is something that you should really be aware of with other people um, because this is something that narcissists and psychopaths do. Yes. And it's how they utilize social media to have a never-ending supply of people to feed into their ego or to just entertain in general. So if you ever see someone engaging in this type of activity with multiple people of whatever their preferred sex is, this is a red flag, especially totally. if they are in a relationship. This is what a fuckboy is. I mean, I'm sorry, but um, a fuckboy is a misogynist, and they utilize social media to just use women as like a currency. To yes. Say, how many women can I have commenting on my posts flirtatiously? Can I have in my DMs? How many, you know, like sadly unstable, like low self-esteem women right. can I be engaging with? just to keep around as an option. And so it happens where you've been talking to this person, you're kind of talking a lot, and then it just goes silent, and then they randomly hit you back up, but then it goes silent again very quickly, and then they randomly hit you back up, and it's an ongoing cycle that keeps you just hopeful enough that you aren't like goodbye and blocking this person. Yeah, they're giving you the bare minimum just to make sure that you don't walk away, and these periods of silence are usually when they are entertaining another person, or, oh, I don't know, maybe hanging out with their significant other that you probably don't know about. Right, yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> so yeah, social media, Social media makes that behavior easier. So, you know, I can imagine that that could have happened back before cell phones, but it just would have been harder to facilitate that kind of yeah. behavior. And now it's very easy. Um, it makes me think of the movie um, Her, which I love that movie. Oh, my God, Where she's yes. like, oh, I'm talking to like 7 billion people right now. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that where even though – in her brain, she's like, but I can talk to all of them equally. It's fine. Um, and that's a whole other thing because she's like a hyper-intelligent AI. But, mm -hmm. you know, in these people's brains, they're like, what? You it's know? different. It's, it's fine. But it's not but different. on the other side of it, Joaquin Phoenix is like, this is so hurtful. Because it is really hurtful. You don't yeah. want the emotional investment you're making in somebody to be unmatched and unmet. That's extremely painful when you realize that somebody's talking to 10 people and you're just one of them <laughs> and that's a huge red flag that there's something really off with them mentally and that's something that I want to make sure that to point out like really dead set red flag things that you can spot through social media um, yeah. we already covered like people that are constantly promoting themselves um, in like a really narcissistic way where it's like I'm awesome or I did this great deed well <laughs> now in the form of infidelity if you are ever like on, I'm just gonna say Instagram, and you see someone that is engaging with so many people in a flirtatious way, all the comments, yeah. like you know that they're DMing tons of people, they follow like 5,000 people of their preferred sex, but they have a significant other. This is a red flag that this person does not actually respect any of the people right. involved in this situation. Yeah. Because remember, um, a healthy relationship includes exclusivity, honesty, and boundaries. And if you're engaging with multiple people, even if it's an innocent flirtatious comment, that is not putting boundaries into place right. with people that you were not in a relationship with. So sometimes it's best to step back and view people almost as like an observer yeah and just watch their behavior someone's behavior online will actually tell you a lot about them yeah and you can kind of vet people out like that and that's a something I really want to stress to women watch this behavior 
if you like men, watch <laughs> his behavior on social media. You will find out how he values you and, and how then, he values women. Um, just block those people. Just That's another thing. Delete them. <laughs> like, don't ever feel guilty about unfollowing people that are participating in something that's really unhealthy or toxic. Totally. I've unfollowed people that I'm friends with just because their feed is a bummer or, you know. Or it's just like blowing themselves a bunch of pictures of dead animals. I'm like, oh, hi. Yeah, don't even get me started. We'll cover that in our videos yeah. episode. But, um, you know, you can unfollow and get rid of anything that you don't like. Now, again, you don't want to create this bubble where you're only reinforcing your own worldview. You do need to spend time reading opposing views to your own. But I would say that doesn't have to be in the form of social media. That can be really in the form of doing research where you're researching multiple sides of each story. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as social media goes, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think my Instagram needs to challenge my you know, worldview. <laughs> no, honestly, that's, I know this sounds weird, but that's kind of what I use Twitter for. Yeah, there, like, there's a lot more. more stuff on, on Twitter. Um, and sometimes, I mean, my like blocked word list on Twitter will include a lot of things depending on what's going on, like politically. Yeah. I'm like, I just can't have this bumming me out all the time, but then I'll kind of put it back and just you know, it's, it's tweak it to what I need at the time and always just protect your mental health on when you're online. It's important that even if you have the same beliefs as some of the things that are being talked about on social media, it can be too much. Yeah. And it can be overwhelming, especially if you have like past trauma involving it. Yeah, completely. Um, a lot of women are feeling really triggered right now with the Donald Trump stuff going yeah. on and they're having flashbacks to sexual assault and it's so... It's so great that it's in the media that everyone's talking about it because it's getting the right kind of conversations going and we have Me Too to thank right. for that. But at the same time, if you are seeing back-to-back-to-back-to-back assault stories, it really does damage you. It can and weigh very heavily on you. It started to fuck me up because me I was sitting on Twitter like being a part of this and talking about it and talking to people and retweeting and next thing I know, I'm like, I have literally read assault stories for two hours of my mm -hmm. day, and I feel so stirred up from things that have happened to me that I'm miserable the rest of the day. Totally. So again, it's really like, I guess it just goes to everything in moderation, like put a cap on it, um, whether you're looking at opposing stuff or looking at stuff that reinforces um, things you're passionate about, like uh, the Me Too thing, I was obsessed oh with it. But it was so triggering at the same time yes. just to even be a part of it. Yes, and I mean, I'm still obsessed with it, but I definitely had to dial that back because I, I can, it just makes me angry all the time. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's something I'm trying to actually improve on is uh, muting a lot of stuff that I see on Twitter because while I very much believe in it and these statements are true, getting too emotionally wrapped up in it is ruining my mood yeah. on a lot of days. Yeah. I don't like to spend, you know, half of my day being angry about right. terrible things that are happening to other people that I've experienced. And it's not that you should hide from the truth, but it really does come down to moderation. Well, and it's very easy to feel very angry and feel like the entire world is so fucked up if you're just looking at constant daily updates of the daily news. Overall trends of the world, you know, infant mortality is going down, you know, crime is going down. Like overall humanity is trending better, even though right now it can feel like uh, we're just plummeting into like the apocalypse. And it definitely feels like that all the time, but it's, it's, that's not actually the case. We're just in a very tricky time, especially in the United States right now. And it seems like that because a lot of things that weren't previously talked about are being talked about at such a high volume that it can feel like this right. is the this is all that is happening. It's all there is. These <laughs> things were happening before. They just weren't talked about so much because social media wasn't where it's well, at now, where we're so connected. Yeah, now everyone has a camera in their pocket where they can make a video and a photo of every horrible thing that ever happened. Yes. So if you want to look at horrible things, you can do it all day, every day, uh -huh. forever, and still not look at all the horrible things. That's actually like I the. Instagram live thing that we did a year ago yeah. when we talked about a lot of stuff. I got a lot of messages from young women telling me their stories and I'm talking like I'm not even exaggerating. There were hundreds. Yeah. And I did read all of them, but it's very hard 
to um, read about people's really like tragic stories, especially when you get so many of them. And I felt bad not responding. Yeah. But it does take like such a huge like chunk of me to just to take it all in emotionally and then give something back out on top right. of like it makes me re-experience my stuff. Right. So you just have to be really careful. Um, I'm not really sure where I was going with that, but that <laughs> um, I don't know. I just got to- I just like lost it. It's it's just tough. It's tough, and the internet is really great at making you feel bad in a lot of ways. I think that's just the overall um, theme is that the internet can make you feel very bad, even though it it has a lot of great things about it. You know, we're more connected than we've ever been, but because of that, uh, there's all these challenges that we've never faced before. Um, And something that I feel like we should have covered in the first part is that with all of this social media use um, we're actually seeing extremely like shockingly new developments of low empathy yes. in humans and a, yes. and a giant rise in narcissism um, I just read a study that was on psychology today saying that our generation was where we saw the massive like shocking spike in obesity but something that actually almost mirrored the number of the rise in obesity was the rise in narcissism. That's wild. Isn't that insane yeah, to think about? Yeah, that's completely insane. Um, and a lot of that does have to do with social media because you have to look at the the sudden drop in empathy. Yeah. And you can't have solid empathy and also be a narcissist. Right. So these things go hand in hand. So the empathy, is that suspected that it's because we're literally like flattening people into two-dimensional that's what strangers it, on the internet what generation is it that's like two below us below <laughs> they're beneath us you know what i mean <laughs> two two segments younger generation x and y i thought it was z, z. no generation, z is one below us right i think it's hmm hmm one of the younger generations oh um, you mean one younger than us no two so not millennials, because we're like old millennials. Yeah, we're millennials, but what's underneath us? Like as in younger than us? Yes. Okay. So I don't know why I keep I, saying that. I see I'm it like, like a scale, like or a chart or fucking something. <laughs> um, I don't know. Generation Z, I think Z. Whatever it was, I read another study. I, if you can't tell, I spent a lot of time on psychology today. Me too. Um. It was a study about that generation, how they in particular have dropping, dropping, dropping low empathy levels and um, less actual solid relationships and friendships. So it wasn't just... Their screen time starts when they're born. Basically, and that's what they were talking about is actually making their empathy levels go down. And it's why a lot of that generation is caught up in situationships instead of relationships. And it's because without their empathy levels being at, like, normal, they have no desire to actually have something deep and committed. Wow. And so they're in these, like, well, we're going to act like we're in a relationship, but then, you know, we're not actually in one, and we don't really care, and we're just on our phones all the time, and it has to do with being so disconnected from your own humanity. They're missing out on something that is beautiful, which is genuine human intimate connection. Mm-hmm. And they're not having solid friendships because instead of going out and hanging out in person, they're all just staying at home and just scrolling on their phones. And without consistent time put in, how can you have a solid bond in a friendship or a relationship? You can't. And that's, I don't Everything know. will fizzle out that way. That just, Low empathy in general in that topic makes me really sad because I think that that's what makes us so unique. Yes, because it gives you a deeper experience of the world. Not that other uh, sentient beings don't have a deep experience of the world, but I think humans, just the ability to try to understand the experience of those around you is incredible. I think that empathy is fucking amazing. Yeah. And I think that it's one of the most attractive qualities that someone can have, especially in 2019. Yes. Because so many people are what I would consider dead inside or <laughs> drones. Can you tell I like Muse? Muse. Um, that's how it feels. I feel like a lot of the time I'm just around people like vessels. They're yeah. just in a human body, but there's really nothing below or underneath the surface. But when you meet someone that is truly empathetic 
and they actually care about things outside of themselves, that's fucking amazing. So try not to let social media or our way of life in 2019 suck the soul out of you because it really will if you let it. Yeah, don't get defeated. You know, stay stay above it, but you have to be proactive about it. Standards. You can still enjoy social media, but you do have to have standards and set boundaries with boundaries. it. Boundaries. That's like the biggest word that we can probably empathize. Hi, I know how to talk. <laughs> Emphasize. Emphasize. Emphasizing your um, boundaries. Boundaries are so important in every aspect of your life. If you want to be healthy, whether it's with work, whether yep. it's with diet, social media, relationships, friendships, you have to have solid boundaries. And if people don't respect that, Say bye. Bye. And, See and ya. boundaries are really just learning how to say no to things. And knowing what you're, you have to be self-aware enough to know what you're comfortable with. Yes. And being able to say it. Yes. And then not go back on it and be confident in what your boundaries are. And your boundaries can change. You know, they can be different at different times. And make sure that you're holding yourself accountable for your own behaviors, the way that you're using social media, the way that you're interacting Which with we're going to do people. a whole episode on accountability and responsibility. Oh, and we'll just be man. screaming the entire Seriously, time. Seriously, that's, that's <laughs> way of a more screaming episode yeah. than this one. But being accountable is so important. Be accountable with your fucking behavior online. Stop making excuses. Stop being a fucking piece of shit. Stop it. Honestly, just think. <laughs> Like, like you said in our last episode, the why, know the why right. and what you're doing. Why are you posting this photo? Why are you putting that caption? Why are you messaging that person? Why? Why are you what leaving that comment? Stop it. Are you being accountable? You're probably not. Probably not. You're probably being a piece of shit. So the solution to social media is to set boundaries with it. And have realistic standards about what you're seeing, too. Yes. Um... So start over on social media. Just think about what your current habits are and probably change all of them. And take take breaks. We talked yes. about it in the first episode, but take breaks from social media. Like no. extended, <laughs> long breaks. And when you come back, you're going to be like, why did I care about this? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like unless it is your actual job to promote some aspect of your life, like you were being paid to do that, then just realize your friendships, your face, your relationship are not like products that you need to market 24-7 right. to the world. Right. Enjoy them for what they are. I'm not saying don't ever post about them, but realize when you're posting why you're posting. Yeah. Are you posting just to share an aspect of your life or are you posting to brag? I'm very big on living more deliberately. Yep. And just have intention with everything you do. Yeah, and that also goes back to knowing the why. Yeah. Be self-aware enough. If Even if you have to ask yourself with every micro thing that you're doing, <laughs> why do I want to do this? Well, yeah, because you'll make it a habit to the point where you'll retrain the way you initiate any behavior. Yeah. Does this have my best interest in mind? Am I just being really egotistical? Think about it a little bit before you act on it. Yep. It's like, do we want to share some social media related stories or what do you, what are you thinking? I'm trying to think of any crazy ones I've had. I've got about four million. I know, I know you do. I had people being mean to me on Tumblr, but that was it. It wasn't even mean. Really? Tumblr? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Remember Tumblr? I thought that Tumblr was just for reblogging porn. Yeah, I had like one like photo of myself on there. And I have, like, self-injury scars, and people were, like, really mean about that. And then for even a long... Even though they don't even know your fucking story. Right. And for a long time, I was like, I don't want to post pictures of myself online ever again. Oh, my God. Uh, it was just gross. That, was, that one stands out to me because that... I haven't had that happen on other platforms, though. I've been lucky because I know that happens to a lot of other people. But um, that was the only kind of instance of... Uh, somebody commenting negatively on my appearance that I've had, but I do have a lot of friends who deal with really awful things being said about them online. And I think it comes down to understanding that the people making those comments are probably uh, 
very incomplete, very they usually garbage people. Mm-hmm. That's usually what it comes down to um, with bullying um, and stuff like that on social media is that people, sometimes it's best to remove yourself emotionally from the situation, view it as an observer without your emotions being heightened, Yeah. and just look at the actions of the person who is doing or saying something against you, and nine times out of ten, it really doesn't have to do with you. No matter what they're saying, it doesn't really have to do with you. It's about, it's about hatred that they have inside for themselves. And you, something about you triggers an insecurity about them. Yes. Um, I mean, gosh, I could share. <laughs> I could share a lot. Um, I've had a hard time on social media, I guess, for the past, like, three and a half, four years. Um, I'm trying to think how much of this I even want to go into. Right. Um, Basically, a lesson that I have learned is that when you don't fill in the gaps or answer the questions that people think they're entitled to, they answer it for you. Yeah. And they decide who you are, what your life is, what actually is going on, and they spin it, and they spin it, and they create it to be whatever to fit their narrative about you. Yes. And because I have kept a lot of aspects of my life private, that leaves, like, holes for people to fill in the answers to. Yes. And so I watched as, like, hundreds of people did that about me for years. And then it turned into a giant smear campaign against me. And, I mean, it was, like, people that are super young. It's people that are older than me that were, like, participating or creating this. And... It was actually like I never talked about it because I didn't think that acknowledging something negative would actually be a good thing. Right. But to be completely honest, it was horrible. Like it had such a negative effect on my life, even though nothing that was being said about me, nothing, (laughs) not a single thing was even true. But I knew that because of how like big it had gotten, it didn't matter what I said because people were already deciding who I was, what I was about, what my life was like. Making all these assumptions. It didn't matter what I said. So why even say anything and feed into something that's so fucking stupid and such a reflection of how much these people hate themselves. Right. To even do this to a person. Like, talk about fucking bullying. Like, yeah. how much of a terrible person are you to create something like that to people that you don't even know. And so to me, I was like, this is such a giant blinding spotlight on who these people are and not me. Right. Um, But yeah, it had a a really negative effect on me individually. It had a negative effect on my personal life. And it's why I stopped showing my personality online for years because I felt like anytime I revealed anything genuine about myself that... People could use that. Yeah, they would just twist it or they would make fun of me if it didn't fit a perfect stereotype of whatever subculture they were in. So I just stopped. And my life literally became like inconsistent, like selfies or things that never had anything to do with what I was doing, what my beliefs were, what my personality was, what my interests were, because... I knew that no matter what I said and did, yeah, it would be twisted into something bad. So I'm finally, <laughs> finally at a place where I've done everything in my power to push these types of people and that part of my life away, and I'm being myself now, and it's really fucking <laughs> fantastic <laughs> to feel like I can be myself, and you know what? If people don't like it, or they feel so much hatred towards me, they have to say. That's on them. That's on them. And it literally makes them look ugly. Right. Like, leaving hateful comments on my Instagram, vague posting about me, direct posting about me for like a fucking year and a half. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it doesn't make me look bad. It makes you look like you're insane. <laughs> so that is not a part of my life anymore. And it's great to have my social media platforms finally be around who I am as a person. Yeah, how and great to be on the other side of that shit now. Yeah. That was for so long. Oh, I know. Yeah. All my friends know about <laughs> it. Like, my friends were stalked. My family was harassed. Like, shit got fucking wild. But, yeah. hey, let's not leave it all gloomy. Things are great now. Um, but just, 
just know that social media can be really terrible and your actions towards other people really do impact them. Yes. And it says a lot about you, sadly, if you're someone to engage in stuff like that. Totally. The, the person on the other side of that social media platform is a person, but it goes with that lowered empathy. It's so easy to feel like they're not a person. Yeah, that was the main thing. It's like the people, I hate to get back into it. I know. The thing well, is, like anonymity protects them and, yeah. and amplifies their negative voice and the things that they probably need to shout and yell about in a constructive way. They're, they're instead funneling it into this really destructive hurtful behavior at the expense of other people. And it's people that you don't even know. Right. Stop thinking that you know people that you don't know. You don't. You don't know them. And you can't. And you won't. And, and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and just leave it at that. And live your own life. Even if you see something or someone that you don't necessarily like, you don't actually have to talk about them. Surprise. Believe it or not, there are people that I dislike and I'm not going to ever talk about them. Right. So the episode was kind of heavy, so we decided that we we're going to go back and do another MySpace survey. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you where you are right now? We're filming our show. We're filming our show. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's, it's called, called Gaia and Sarah Save the World. Maybe you've possibly heard as you are watching it. <laughs> Follow us. Subscribe to us. Go to our website. I don't know how click, to... Click all that stuff. Do the, do the things. We're on every podcast thing now. Everything. Spotify. iTunes. Stitcher things. Stitcher. Overcast. YouTube. Did you used to watch Blue's Clues? Yes, and I remember when everyone thought that the host of Blue's Clues was like a child molester or something, but then he wasn't. Yeah, and then something about him. Was he actually a drug addict? Or was he on drugs or something? Something insane. We were like, oh oh my god. (laughs) Jeff. What's his name, Jeff? I don't know. I thought it was Steve. Was it? Did I just make that up? Did I just hiss? Joe. Did it switch to Joe? Was it Steve and then the new guy was Joe? I don't fucking know. Like, I we won't. just figured out Blue's Clues. <laughs> I remember all the songs from that. And I think I was too old for it, too. Uh, we were definitely too old. <laughs> What's your opinion on people wearing high heels to school? I mean, I wouldn't do it because that shit hurts, but do whatever you want. I don't care. I love heels, but wow, you know, fuck up your back. Yeah. Go for it. I really do. I love heels. If I wear heels, I wear them to see a movie or like something where I'm going to sit down the whole time. <laughs> Somewhere where they won't be utilized at, at all. all. Yeah. What game systems do you own? I have a PC, PC Master Race Spy. Well, okay. <laughs> Actually, I have a Nintendo Switch too. And I used to have a PS4, but I gave it away. I have a PS4 and an N64. Are you a Twilight fan? You know what? I fucking am. <laughs> and I am so fucking sick of people trashing the fucking boys of Twilight. People hate Twilight. You know why people hate Twilight? Because women love Twilight. Yeah. I um listened to... I'll put a link in our show notes. Um... I, she makes these incredible YouTube like documentaries almost about um, film and they're from a feminist perspective a lot of the time yeah. and she had this video like bashing Twilight and Stephanie Meyer and then she made an apology video to Stephanie Meyer and it's so good and I think that perfectly encapsulates my feelings about Stephanie Meyer too because it was basically just like yeah, could you identify like problematic things about these of relationships? A hundred percent. Watch that video because it's how I feel about Twilight. Yeah, and I I feel like also I, mean, I was all about those books. Oh when, my god, my life was over when I finished the last uh, one. I was like, well, what's the point in being on Earth anymore? Because yeah. the books are done. And then the movies I thought were so fucking funny because I just thought they were not. I good, I liked certain aspects of the movies, well, yeah. but then other parts I was just like. This is happening. Yeah. Um, Muse had some great songs. I was going to say the soundtrack to all of those movies is so good. Fucking solid. So good. Especially Eclipse. I think that one has my favorite soundtrack. I can't even remember them, like, separating them. But, yeah, Twilight was fucking great. And I'm so sick of people in the fucking goth subculture feeling like you can't like Twilight. Because it's not cool. You know what? Like whatever the fuck you want, even if a part of you thinks that it's kind of lame. You can like Lestat and Edward. Yes, you can. You can. I just hate people that bash on Twilight because it's popular to bash on Twilight. 
Why don't you just say, I do not like Twilight, and that is okay if you like Twilight, instead of acquiring it as a goddamn personality trait. Yeah. Or anytime someone's like, Twilight, fuck Twilight. You sound so I fucking hate, stupid. I hate when people are offended by other people's, like, fandom interests, and I realize that it's because people attach way too much of their identities because to these fictional, fictional universes, and it's like... Stop it. Stop that. But he sparkles. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's up. cute. Like, God. so I, Shut, I put just, on highlight. Like, he just has full body highlight. That's not, like, like deadly or, like, masculine enough to be a fucking vampire. Um, uh, it's not cool. Just shut the fuck up. I do definitely want to say, like, a gigantic thank you to everybody who has watched and listened oh to this God, show Oh, my God, yes. So We've gotten so much positive feedback yeah. from you guys. And we were like, Wow. People it's so good. People like what we're putting out there. They didn't think it was stupid. Yeah, like no one was like, this is actually dumb. <laughs> you guys should just fucking show it off. Just fucking quit. That'll come eventually, but we're ready for yeah, it. Yeah, we're ready. Um and a, <laughs> and a serious big thank you to the people that um donated to our yes. is it coffee? Do we call it coffee? I think it's coffee. It's like a Ko-fi coffee. It's, it's the little like buy me a coffee link that's at the bottom of our yeah. videos where you can donate anything if you want to. Um, we're super excited to get the prints made yes. to sign out or to sign out to mail out yes. to the people that qualified for that. Right, and right. Wow, we're kind of like blown away. Definitely blown away. So if you would like to support us, it's really greatly appreciated. We are spending a lot of time on this, um, but the best way to support us for sure is to share it and get more people listening to it. Also, yes. If you know someone. Like, if you hear this and you know someone that would benefit from hearing it, tag them on yes. our Instagram post or just send the link directly to them. Like, we want this to be helpful right. for other people. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say another thing, but I feel like, ah! <laughs> you know? Um, Thank you also to everybody who's commented on our posts and let us know what you thought and what your takeaways were from the first episode. It's so exciting that people had takeaways from it yes. um, and that people are actually getting value out of it. It feels really good. Um, and we definitely love hearing from you. So just let us know what you think of this episode too. And we're going to keep making them. Yes. Yeah. That is it. That's it. Oh my God. Are we done then? We did another episode. Wow. It just went by so fast. I know. It went by so fast. Oh, I feel wait. like we only filmed for like 15 minutes, but I think it was like two hours. No, it was an hour. How long was it? Like an hour and 15 maybe? Yeah. That's good. Damn. Okay. Well, um, our <laughs> website is gsswshow.com. <laughs> and you can find us on Instagram at gsswshow and Twitter at gsswshow. Yep. That's where we are. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.